Welcome back. My name is Dane Saleri, pastor of Trinity Baptist Church here in Gillespie, Illinois, and I'm a millennial in ministry. Hey, my name is Tommy Schmidt, and I'm the associate pastor of First Baptist Church of Cedar Hill, Missouri, and I'm also a millennial in ministry. We are a couple millennials who have desired to be a resource to other young pastors like yourselves. Uh, we want to encourage you, challenge you, and walk with you in your ministry. And Guys, we're just blessed to be doing this. Thank you guys for listening. We have a total of 183 plays on our episodes, so that's something to, to celebrate, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thanks, Mom, for listening. Appreciate that. That's right. Uh, thanks to Mama. <laughs> yeah. uh, if this is helpful to you guys, really, uh, we, we want you to share it on Facebook. We want other people to be blessed by this. Uh, or if you know another young pastor, you, you can maybe start a conversation with him uh, about this topic and uh, use this as a resource. We would love that. So find us on iTunes, searching Millennials in Ministry and subscribe. Uh, keep an eye on Facebook as well for any discussion questions and resources, uh, links to share as well. And follow us on Twitter for updates. Uh, so yeah, what are we discussing today, Tommy? Well, I'll tell you. You know, you know what we're going to discuss about. We're going to discuss why people leave the ministry, mm-hmm. and 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 we're going to discuss that idea of just have you ever felt like you're going to leave the ministry? Mm-hmm. And if you, if you were to search that, if you were to do a Google search of why people leave the ministry, you'll you'll find lots of different articles. But yeah. probably the first one you're going to find is by Perry Noble, and he wrote a piece for the Christian Post some years back, and it's entitled simply Five Reasons Why People Quit the Ministry." Mm-hmm. Now, I think any minister that spent some time in ministry could write these five points. Yeah. They're just really—they're not revolutionary. They're not, uh, you know, super insightful to things that are new. It's—it's it's common experiences. Right. You'll find yourself nodding your head if you were reading these. Uh, Here—here are the five, just to—just to ruin it for you, so you don't have to read it. Number one is burnout. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just—you're out of gas. Number two is unrealist, unrealistic expectations. Uh, you're just trying to meet people's expectations. You're just trying to please people, and you can't. Mm. Uh, the third is criticism. So people are coming down on yeah. you. you. Do you follow Ed Stetzer-Dane? Uh, not, not completely, but once okay. in a while. So the other day on Facebook, he put up a letter that he got. You know, He's interiming at the Moody Church, mm. and uh, somebody – you know, went out of their way to talk about how he, how many times he adjusts his glasses. <laughs> and so he, he went ahead and put that up on Facebook the other day. It was pretty funny. So criticism, uh, on, a, on a serious note, we get criticism. And sometimes it just leads us to number four, discouragement. Yeah. Right? right? You just feel like you're not accomplishing anything and it's just time to get done. And number five, which is maybe the cause for a lot of these, is losing focus on God's power. Yeah. So again, wow. yeah. Again, nothing revolutionary, and and also it's kind of bittersweet to read an article like this, because uh, Perry Noble right now he's not currently in ministry. As of a little bit over a year, he mm. was let go by the he he was in the what I understand is the largest Southern Baptist church in America, New Spring Church, and and he was let go some some time ago, and uh, he's he's kind of working on working through the repentance process mm. and all of that stuff. You know, this can happen to anybody yeah. from the smallest church to the biggest church. Uh, and it, it happens to many, many pastors every year. Mm-hmm. And so Dane, I want to ask you as we, <clears throat> as we dive into this, 
Do these reasons for leaving ministry, do they ring true to you? Which one do you think is the most true to you? Which one would you say is the least true to you? Yeah, Yeah, that's a great list. And and really, anybody could come up with their own list uh, of of, reasons to to walk away and, and quit and feel like you're not called. You know, and honestly, if I was just give my own experience, just to give a little disclaimer, I have rarely had many temptations to leave my current ministry, and I'm I'm very blessed by that. Uh, honestly, this is not not anything that I've done. Uh, I've only sure. been at a full time ministry for oh, just a little over two years, so someone called this. I'm still in the honeymoon period. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, so I, I mean, I can't complain. And but I what I usually do is I brag. On, on the bride, right? Brag on, on the church. That's right. And, and, and you can brag, you know, in place of your serving now with the people that are really encouraging to you and just powerful leaders in the church. And we, I just have wonderful people, and I have, uh, I have the privilege to be in their pastor. Uh, but I bet, I honestly believe that the key that has brought me this far is to sometimes just stop and just consider and just look around, open my eyes to God's blessings rather than the, the, the terrors of sin, right? And uh, that's really helped me a lot to to maybe not, I don't know, feel like um, or be tempted with the temptation of uh, walking away from the ministry. So, But I know it's hard. I know this is a—we're in a hard ministry. We're in a difficult position. And so um, one way I like to describe it is— you know, sometimes the squeaky wheel of the car uh, really can distract you from recognizing the hundreds, literally hundreds of other well-oiled and working parts of the of the car. You know, right. um, that wheel's really loud, right? And so you're driving on the road, and everybody can hear the, the squeaky wheel, and you can't get it out of your uh, out of your ear as well. Uh, but you, you, we fail to see sometimes about all the other working parts. And uh, how God has uh, protected us as well. So, don't let it keep you from seeing the whole picture, the true story of what God is, what God has done. God has richly blessed and protected your fa- my family and I. And um, and honestly, but I will say that, guys, I'm just like many of you that are listening. I, it doesn't mean I I haven't had the questionable emails, the anonymous letters, uh, the doubtful, discouraging moments, you know. But I want to encourage you guys with this. You're not alone, right? We're all in this together. We're experiencing the very similar things, and we're sinners, right? And we're among other sinners as well. We're serving sinners. We're we're leading other sinners, and so we have an adversary that's also working against us, and he knows our weaknesses, right? This stuff is going to happen. So I'll just say this to speak to that list. In my opinion, the criticism and the, the discouragement, they're almost like waves, you know. They, they ebb and flow, right? They come and go. And um, sometimes they're very circumstantial, so I don't like to put a lot of weight on those. And it's just, that's just me. Um, that's wise. So I do think that uh, losing focus on God's power is a very, very important one, and I think that could be teased out. Uh, as well, uh, but unrealistic expectations that hits home for me, um, and I think that's because of my. It, it also feeds off my inadequacies as a leader, because um, I expect a lot from people, but sometimes I fail to see that it's my leadership that's actually hindering people. There's something about what how I'm leading that's enabling them to fail, or that's leading them to not succeed uh, in their ministry and their service. 
So don't be too quick to point the finger, but uh, yeah. And, and burnout, the, the number one thing on the list there, the, the first one, I think as a single staff pastor, I definitely feel that one at times. Uh, but but what do you think? Yeah, I think I think with unrealistic ex- expectations, I think you you brought home a good point that sometimes the expectations are not from from others or from some deacon board or, or something yeah. like that. I think I I give myself the most unrealistic oh, expectations man. of anything. Oh yeah, I feel you. And 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 isn't God worthy of it? And and isn't God good? And and isn't the ministry a lofty calling? And I just I want to serve God as much as I can, and I want to. I want to I want to achieve victory and and right. receive the blessings and and go the distance right. and all of these things and and I create these unrealistic expectations of what success is yeah. and you know what it, what it means to achieve those things mm-hmm. and uh yeah you can a lot of these are intertwined you can become so focused on yourself and your own abilities that you uh, that you rely on your own talents, you try to phone mm. it in, and you don't try to rely on the Holy Spirit and on upon God. Right. Uh, but yeah, burnout. I heard someone say one time. I think this is a wise saying: burnout isn't caused by hard work; it's caused by hard work with little results or appreciation. And I, I feel that that's really true. Yeah. That if you're a pastor, you shouldn't be afraid of hard mm-hmm. work. You shouldn't be afraid of of going and doing what you need to do, and visiting with people, and and working on the vision, and working on the leadership. Right. And investing in people and investing in messages that are biblical and are practical, but it's just I think the grind of of seeing very little results or, or feeling underappreciated, and, and the enemy loves to work on these things mm. and to put into your mind that you're unappreciated when you are, yeah. and, and and to put into your mind that you're not getting the results that you should be getting when you That's are. Right. And uh, there are very ministers that they can handle the workload. But they're just discouraged because they want to accomplish more for Jesus. Mm. So you could see how criticism and unrealistic expectations could play a role in that nagging discouragement. Yeah. So, you know, just this idea of burning out. But it's time to get raw. It's time to get mm. honest, Dane. Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Right. We're talking about the, another aspect of that, about burning out, is leaving ministry for another vocation. Mm. And sometimes maybe ministers get they get tempted to to go to and try another vocation. Maybe this isn't for me. Mm. Maybe maybe this ministry thing it was just kind of a young pipe dream, mm. and it's time to grow up, put on my big boy pants, and and do something else. Uh, what would be the most tempting thing for for you to make you leave ministry for another career? I know for me. Mm. You know, and I think these are obvious. I think anybody who's going to be raw and going to be yeah. honest can probably list these things. And 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 I'm not saying that these are good things. I'm not bragging about these mm. thoughts. Yeah. These are uh, these are a result of of different of our sin nature, different temptations that take place. I think for a lot of ministers, the potential for money yeah. uh, to to achieve a better livelihood is is going to be up there. Right. Now, many careers, especially upper level careers, are gonna are gonna demand time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you own your own business, it's gonna demand time, much more time than if you were a, a laborer for somebody else. But uh, with ministry, just more time to yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right? Uh, put in forty hours and then go home, be with your family, mow the grass, do something, and not feel like you have to be on call. Yeah. 
Uh, for a lot of ministers, I think that might be that might be a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. I can go to another job and I can be done when I'm done on the job. That kind of relates with just the separation of work time and family time. Yeah. Uh, there, there sometimes are not clear cut lines there in ministry, uh, but but we look for greener pastures, mm-hmm. and we think we think over in those greener pastures, there's going to be a better line between work and family. And then finally, just the idea of privacy, that if I work this other job, I'm not going to feel like I'm in a fishbowl. I'm not going to feel like I, I have no privacy mm-hmm. or that, that people are looking to me and uh, are assessing my life livelihood, right. assessing my lifestyle, uh, making certain judgments and calls about Christianity and, and their eternal destiny based on how I live. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that can be kind of weighty. Wow. If you let that dig into you. What about you, Dane? What do you got? Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I've had this one just always on my mind. Uh, even even like almost every week I still have this one on my mind. I, I always have this desire to be kind of a background uh, person. You know what I mean? Like maybe a deacon mm-hmm. or maybe in a, you know someone that has a less of a, as you were saying, you know, less of a, a role that's like living in a fishbowl. You know what I mean? Um right. I don't know whether it's a lay leader or something like that. Um, and sometimes I still question God's provision um, uh, for this of this ministry in my life and how he's providing it and leading me through it. Um, so, yeah, I would like to imagine that I'd make more money, you know, and time to my, for myself, my hobbies, my family and stuff like that uh, in some kind of marketplace career. Uh, but, yeah, I mainly feel this temptation from the fact that uh, I want to accomplish and show people that any layperson can do a lot of what a pastor is doing, aside from preaching, uh, preaching and teaching, right? That that does take right. some training. But, uh, you know, starting a small group in your home, discipling younger guys, sharing my faith, you know, uh, empowering Sunday school class, working a job during the day and still doing ministry through the week, you know. I mean, I did a lot of that stuff when I was in seminary. You know, I was a deacon at, at a church, and I still... Uh, was working part time and then as uh, was a full time student, so I mean I just want to sh- sometimes I just want to stop and say guys this isn't that hard you know like you guys can do this, um, hmm. so I don't know I I guess and and a big one also is sometimes I just want to be around a lot of lost people on a daily basis and I don't get to do that like I used to, um, hmm. I don't know that, that I one thing I've I guess tried to do is keep uh, a lot of unbelievers as friends on Facebook. Um, sometimes I, I get tempted to delete people because they're just so radical, but I, I think, you know what? Sure. I need to hear from lost people. It's like, exactly. I need to have a conversation with them. You know what I mean? I, I, need, to th- I need to know what they're yeah. thinking about, buzzing about. Uh, I need to be challenged in my own thinking too. So sometimes my interaction with unbelievers these days, just it kind of feels weird. And it's just because I don't get to do it so often, and that kind of bothers me. So that's good. Yeah, that's a good. Those are my main things, I would say. Now, have you ever wondered that you're not really called to ministry? That uh, maybe you got it wrong. Maybe you heard God wrong on this. Yeah. Wow. I I thought that in the beginning because I thought, you know, my my first thought was, there's no way God's going to bring me here to Gillespie to be the full time pastor, single staff pastor here. There's just I'm not ready for that. You know, there's just Mm -hmm. no way. And so, yeah, I still question it at times, um, but I think a lot of it, a lot of my questioning plays into my own sin nature, 
my own uh, inadequacies or really my comparison with other pastors. And we tend to do that a lot in our denomination is compare, Uh, you know, numbers and stuff like that. And so, yeah, what always brings me back is my calling, though, honestly. Just remembering that day where I felt that God was leading me to ministry. See, my calling is not from me. Right, and my calling away from my ministry is also should not be from me. So I do want to encourage everyone that's listening to just remember that. Remember Jonah, you know, uh, a prophet that was called right. to ministry. He ran, and it didn't end well. Right. That's <laughs> so, right. That's yeah, right. That's my encouragement for you guys Don't listening. Don't run from it. So that's so good. Hey, listen, as we kind of draw into that's kind of the personal experience aspect of it. I wanted to to add some application, some encouragement, some challenges for our listeners. So we've kind of devised this battle plan for persevering in the ministry. And and listen, we're young in this, and we have a lot to learn. But just listening to people that are smarter than me, here's kind of four ideas that we've kind of come up with that we just want to talk through. Maybe there's more. Maybe we need to hear some more on uh, the comment section and things like that. I'd love to hear that. But here's four that came to mind. Number one is to stay Christocentric. Just keep Jesus where he needs yeah. to be. Uh, keep Jesus in the center of right. things. He's worthy of this. Uh, first of all, he's worthy of suffering. Mm. Uh, he's worthy of the struggle. Yeah. He's worthy of the difficulties that ministry face. He's worth a little criticism. He died on the cross. He suffered the shame. Mm. Uh, wow. he, he was humble in his life, and he, he was a man of sorrows. Mm. And the other aspect of that is without you, you can't, without him, you can do mm. nothing. You, you can't do any of this. Wow. And, and so you need to keep him at the forefront and the power of God at the forefront of your life. Keep the fire lit yeah. and, and keep, keep rekindling the flame because without him, you're going to burn out. You're, you can't do That's this. Right. In your flesh, I can't do this. I'm gonna. I, I'll quit tomorrow That's right. without That's Jesus. Right. So, yeah, you, and your calling, your purpose, it's not based on your feelings, your thoughts, your circumstances, other people's opinions, your workload, your busyness, how much you're getting paid, right? Your calling is not based right. on any of that, but upon the resurrected Christ who is sitting on his throne, right? Victoriously sitting on his throne. Like we serve, we live, we fight, guys, from victory. We don't fight for victory. We fight from it. That's good. So that's good. Yeah. Secondly, you know, you got to keep Jesus on the forefront. That's number one. Number two, as we think about this practically, you really do. You have to make room for family time and personal time. Uh, you really got to do. You got to take steps in your life to ensure that you have time that is that is downtime. You know, at at at, at my home, we try to do six days on, one day off. Uh, just like you know, we've talked about on millennials in ministry. You know, we 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 observe a practical Sabbath. We don't we don't observe a Sabbath because we believe we right. have to fulfill the Mosaic law. Uh, that we feel like we're under the law. You know, <laughs> we've been set free from all yeah. these things. I you know, Paul had a few things to say about all that, and we're free in Christ, and we we follow the law of Christ. But it, it's a practical and good idea to set some time to rest yeah. and to and to have concentrated time with your family not just dinner yeah. not just saying goodnight and going to bed but concentrated yeah. time meaningful time and doing activities together that's right yeah protect that time 
Man, turn off your phone. I I do not take my phone into the bedroom when when my go go to sleep at night. Right, lock the doors. Tell your extended family to find something else to do this weekend, right? And get yourself That's some right. Sabbath rest. You know, I, I I got the same philosophy. Just six days on, um, and one day just completely off. So yeah. great, great, yeah. great practical way to look at that. Does that always work out for you, though, Dane? I usually it does. <laughs> usually it does. Uh, really? I, I, yeah, good. yeah. So you know, sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you gotta. You know, juggle right. it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have stuff that happens on Saturdays, um, events and stuff like that. That's my day off. Um, So we have events at the church on Saturday sometimes. So I take it off another day. You know, I make it work. Yeah. Thirdly, you know, and and I think this is so important. You got to surround yourself with encouragers, with encouraging people. Mm, Yeah. And I hope. I hope that millennials in ministry is a good thing. But you know what? Can I be mm. real honest? You need people that you can see face to face. That's right. Uh, that you can That's encourage right. and pray with one another and, you know, pat each other on the back and, and do those things because, because you're not going to see the forest for the trees and you're going to get stuck with the criticism and you're going to think that it's all failure and it's all mm-hmm. wrong and everything is woe is me, but you need those encouragers in your life. They can see the perspective and say, no, look, I see what you're doing and I see your church changing and I see those people changing right. and I see you changing. <laughs> I see Jesus in you more. The people that can see the insights that you can't see, that have the perspective that you right. don't. Yeah, and that's one thing I want to challenge our listeners on is um, one thing I've done, and I think it's a good practice, is because you're going to run in these times where you're very discouraged. And uh, one thing I've done is I, I begin to just file, just have a file of different encouraging letters that I've received, Facebook posts, messages, uh, encouraging little notes and cards people have sent me, uh, even even Twitter yep. tweets, right? I mean, yep. I, I just make an effort to keep those um, uh, for people who have deeply encouraged me, you know, there's so many face-to-face words that I've forgotten of people encourage me on Sundays or Wednesdays or something like that, or during the week. And I regret that, honestly. Um, people's words are, uh, they're very important, even though they're not the foundation of your calling and that there are no way feed into, feeds into anything about your salvation. But they're also, don't forget, those are promptings of the Holy Spirit uh, of God's people to bring encouragement and endurance for those who are serving. So don't forget that, guys. I want to challenge you to to start that practice. That's right. And then lastly, number four, you know, just maintain a forward-thinking mm-hmm. attitude. Yeah. You know, get let God. Don't let the enemy bog you down with with this discouragement right. and with with the criticism and all these things. You have to adopt in your own mind. Who God is, keep the worldview right. God's on His throne. God, Jesus wins That's in right. the end. That's right. Amen. <laughs> he's going to make it all right. He's He's going to work all things together That's for right. our good, and and do the work of the evangelist. Do what preach and teach. Do what God has called us to do. And you know what? It's been an unfruitful six months. I got another six months mm. in the year. Let's see That's what right. God can do. Let's see what's going to happen. Let's let's roll up our sleeves and let's get to it. Let's tweak the That's vision. Right. Let, let's let's look to the future and see what God has for our yeah. church and for my ministry. That's right. Yeah, and I think that's what you said too is so so good. Uh, I think, and I want to challenge listeners with this too, man. Seek a vision that's from God, 
not from you. That's something you can accomplish, mm-hmm. but something that he has to accomplish through you. Something that's bigger and better and beyond what you are capable of. And then surrender to it. Once you surrender to it, it gets your mind off the enemy's attacks. It protects your mind from the enemy's attacks, even. And it gets you gets you back on the purpose of why you're still here, right? If God was done with you, then he would take you to be with him. Let's be honest. That's right. So That's right. That's right. Once you cling to the purpose, the vision that God's given you for where you're serving and why you're serving, man, that's going to really propel you forward and keep you going strong. That's right. Just keep Jesus where he is, and to him, that Savior who is able to keep you from mm-hmm. stumbling and who can present you blameless before mm-hmm. his throne, give him the glory that's that's due wow. his name. Amen. He's going to keep you through it. Amen. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thank you guys for listening to another episode. We're going to wrap it up here. Really appreciate you guys' support. Share this with someone if you think it's helpful. Subscribe on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Share uh, some advice you may have for us as well. All right. We hope we've been uh, a challenge. Absolutely. Uh, maybe we've challenged you in some way or encouraged you today. We really hope so. Um, because we're just a couple millennials who love millennials. Why? Because Christ first loved us. 